0: What is up, guys? I am your host, Braden Carter, and this is The Self-Design Show. Now, on today's episode, we have an amazing guest that will share his story with us. We have Corby Campbell. Now, Corey Campbell was in a stunting accident when he was just starting off his college, which changed his life forever, making it so that he would need to live in a wheelchair but his outlook on life is so positive and so motivational. And so in today's podcast, we're gonna be talking about positivity and how we can generate it in our lives and make the best of every situation, really taking whatever the world gives us and turning it into something amazing. So thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. All right, and Corby, thank you so much for joining us on this show. How are you today?
1: Fantastic. It's been a good week so far, which is crazy because it's been busy. It's a busy time of year, but I'm doing great.
0: Right, so. especially for what you're doing, it's it's incredibly busy right now. So I just want to thank you again for for making some time to be here and to share your story.
1: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: And I was just telling I was just telling Corby a little bit earlier, but. My dad works with him, and he is just the most amazing person. He's so positive and loving, and we're we're lucky to have him to just share some of his insight today.
1: Yeah, your dad is happy and amazing and positive, so, you know, i am like to work with you,
0: too. <laughs> no, no, that was what you, That's what he said well, about I, well,
1: well, yeah, well, okay, fine.
0: Well, to get started today, I think it would just be super valuable if you can maybe just share a little bit of your story, and then we can just go from there.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, just a brief recap it's, so th- this is audio for most people listening so you won't be able to see but um I'm actually a quadriplegic I'm I'm in a power wheelchair and uh so I've got um when I was the, the quick version of it is I broke my neck um when I was 18 years old it was the first semester of college um I was just doing a you when you run off the wall and do a backflip. um I'd been able to do those for a few years I thought they were the coolest things you know, singing in the rain style or matrix style or whatever, however old you are, just different stories will resonate. But, and I landed on my neck um, and it didn't hurt. I just kind of like flopped over and someone came up and was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, I can't get up, but besides that, I'm fine. And they're like, I'm going to call an ambulance. I'm like, that's probably a good idea. So, so they did that. Um, I made jokes and like the ambulance, I remember the thinking to myself, I'm like, why am I making these guys laugh? I'm the guy on the table, but, um, it was fun. My parents were able to be there. There's like the best spinal surgeon in the Western United States and all these, these great blessings, um, at the time. And so, but that was November 5th, um, 2004, which is the same day the Incredibles came out, which is a fantastic movie. So, um, it's also my dad's birthday. So like, I really remember what his birthday is now. So that's good news. Um, so that was a good while ago though, 2004, um, breaking my neck, being a quadriplegic, uh, most people think quadriplegic means you can't move four, four uh, extremities and so you can't move your arms or legs. Um, and so you, you can only move your neck and that's not accurate. Um, quadriplegic actually means you have incomplete use of the four things. And so I've got no use of my legs but I actually have partial use of my arms. Like I can use my biceps and I can bend my wrists um, and I can move my shoulders around. Um, what I don't have is my triceps which is the, the muscle you use to straighten out your arm or to push away from yourself. And I don't have the use of the muscles in my fingers so like um basically anything below if you draw like a line from one armpit to the other armpit like anything below that line basically I can't move but um and then it goes kind of halfway between my arms and so some of the arm muscles I don't have and some I do but uh so yeah quadriplegic it actually just means part of those things um also I've got a chair that sparkles in the sun um, which is actually a vampire thing to do um if, if you're up to date and so I'm actually technically technically a vamplegic that's my uh it's just a medical term you know if, if you if you're not a vamplegic you wouldn't have heard of it but that's that's actually a thing so
0: i just your your positivity and just like i cannot stop smiling like you said this is audio so people can't see it but the sparkly aspect to your chair man i just i love it and it's very sparkly it's a real thing and, and you're a developer is that right i'm a software developer yeah so
1: there's there's many things about um, the breaking my neck that was actually just kind of lined up perfectly um, just to, just two examples for or I was going to my it's my first semester of college like I mentioned but I was already going on a computer science scholarship like I already wanted to be a software developer um, and then I broke my neck and it's like well I can still operate a computer so I'm like my career path like was still open to me you know and and uh, there's other little things about like I feel like I was prepared you know before this for the circumstance like I've always been the one who loves to drive and now I've got like a custom van that you have to, there's no driver's seat. My chair locks in behind the steering wheel. And so you can like move the chairs around to get there, but it's kind of a pain, you know? So I basically am always the the designated driver, but even in high school, before I broke my neck, I was always the person that's like, I'll drive, you know? And so, you know, there's just lots of things that's like, I think I was, I think I was just prepared for this. Um, You know, even though I
0: didn't do it on purpose. Right. And I want to dive more into like the positivity and on all that kind of stuff. But I, I want to ask before we get into there, when you were trying to throw this wall backflip and you landed and you're in the ambulance or you found out that you wouldn't be able to to use some of your body, was there any like fear or negative thoughts that were like going through your mind?
1: Um, No. And, and I know that's a, uh, it's uncommon, but I really was raised by my parents to believe that like, everything happens for a reason. And, and, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to or whatever. And so I was, I was extra blessed with um, just, just peace the whole time. I remember thinking, oops, when I, when I you know first landed. Um, but, and like I said, though, I was already making jokes in the ambulance, you know, and uh, right. And even though they're like, this might be permanent and I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll deal with it. If that's the thing. Um, I came out with a lot of peace and I found actually too, that uh, the more, the, the closer to God the my friends and my the, my so- circle of associations were. Um, my immediate family had a lot of peace. My really close friends had, you know, comparative peace. And then my like, I think my my two friends that had the hardest time were my my two really good friends that aren't and have never been members of the church or of any church. And so they, without the spiritual aspect, like they had a hard time with me breaking my neck, um, which is funny. But me, I was like, I had a lot of peace about it um, throughout the whole thing. I never really had the, I could tell stories, but I never really had like the depressed phase that people expect mm-hmm. um, in relation to being in a wheelchair.
0: Interesting. And so then kind of with that, then was there, was there like a direct moment where you just like had a piece come over you or just like, okay, like, we'll just be okay. Or did it just like happen immediately? You just knew?
1: Um, I guess it'd be more like it happened immediately, but it's not like I just like knew specifically. It's just, you know, I, I, I slipped, I landed wrong, I was face down, I couldn't get up. And, uh, but I didn't think like, oh gosh, this is it. And even in the hospital and the doctor's like, it might be permanent and like, okay, but it wasn't like an, oh my gosh, this is it. Everything's changed. And so I feel like to like have a moment to point to a moment to be like, that's when peace hit me. I would have had to have a moment when like, that's when fear gripped me. And I feel like I was just kind of blessed to be like, yeah, you don't have to go down and have me lift you back up. I just kind of stayed even keel the whole time not not to say that it hasn't been challenging mind you or that i haven't had hard times but um most of my what dating dating That's you, you got my wife is on uh, surprise <laughs> podcast listeners my my wife is also here behind me um i got married spoilers um but but yeah i remember the two hardest times you know later you know later down the road was dating was still hard feeling like you know one of the my most uh, dateable characteristics was the fact that I was in a wheelchair and that's not something I can really do anything about and so you know dating got discouraging at some point points. and then uh oh this calculus two class <laughs> it's funny to say but like and I even like math like I'm a computer scientist right but but my mom I remember her asking me if I was depressed that semester she's like are you struggling with depression or something I'm like I don't think so but this is I'm having a really bad bad time like this that teacher we just I don't know I didn't get him and so, you know, I, I still struggle with regular life things like everyone else. Um, but, but yeah, being in a wheelchair, I, I really kind of like wheelchair adventures. There'll be a time I'm just home alone and there's like, you know, some food in the middle of the table that I can't quite reach. And it would be a stupid, simple task if I was, you know, fully able-bodied, but I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to reach that. And it becomes a, like an adventure to be like, well, I can reach the hangers in my closet and, you know, get a hanger and I like reach it over and and scrape the thing closer to me. And I'm like, "Ha! Ah, now I can eat this popcorn. And so just just taking on challenges like that, rather than being like, this is stupid, I should be able to do that. But just being like, well, now it's an adventure. Like I gotta figure it out. Um, it's just made it a lot. It's made it kind of fun. And now I get my own set of wheelchair jokes that I can make around people and make them feel awkward and such. It's great.
0: <laughs> so then I kind of just want to continue down this path. I, I know my dad has told me a couple of things, but what other... I guess, adventures have you been able to go on or how else have you been able to take the situation and make the best of it?
1: Oh, well, I mean, adventures that I can go on, I've still, so I've never been like a sporty person. It's funny, people are always like, um, hey, did you know you can still do like wheelchair basketball? I'm like, I have heard that, but I didn't care (laughs) to do basketball outside the chair. And so like being less capable of doing it doesn't make me want to do it more. You know, so there's, there's some things that's like, you know, if you're want, if you looking for a sporty person or anything, I'm not the example of doing adventures like that. I did go skydiving still, which what? was super fun. Yeah, I've got pictures and videos, but we went skydiving. And I was like all worried that like my legs would like flip up and kick the guy behind me because the tandem skydive, you know, knock him unconscious and we'd just like spiral to our deaths. But um, we didn't. There was no death. My But my legs flopped around pretty good. It was good times. But um, I think more of it is just like, I remember in college, there was another guy with my same, my same muscle picture, I call it. Basically, he could move all the same muscles I could move. And he was in a wheelchair like five or 10 years before me. Um, but he wasn't driving his own van. And I, I got driving my own van like two years into it because I was just like, I'm not about like asking my mom. You know, I, I, I had a girlfriend like a, a year or two after I broke my neck, I had a girlfriend. And uh, at that point, we had a van that I needed someone else to drive me places. I'd get in the middle and they'd drive it. But so it was annoying it being like 20 and being like, mom, can I go see my girlfriend? You're like, I should not have to ask this, you know, and <laughs> so we figured out how to get a bit, and that I could drive myself. And so just, just the adventures of like making sure I could drive myself. Um, or now I, uh, you know, I mentioned I'm married to my wonderful wife, Tess, and I didn't want her to be my primary caregiver, you know, because it's like being a wife is enough, is enough is enough uh, trouble, I, you know, I assume, especially to me. Um, And so I don't want her to like have to clean up my poop too, you know? And so I wanted to make sure that I found a way to have um, neighbors or agencies I could pay to like take care of getting me out of bed, in and out of bed and some of the things that I still need help with. And so I don't know, just, just finding solutions to some of those things rather than just being like, this sucks. I'm not going to do that, you know?
0: Yeah. And I really like how you worded that. And there's this quote that I'm going to use and I kind of want to direct a question to you, but Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker, he uses this quote and it says something to the effect of once we can realize that life is happening for us instead of life happening to us, like the better off we'll be. And so the question I have for you is I feel like, especially for for people my age, it's very easy to get into the attitude of like, oh my gosh, everything bad is happening to me. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I failed this class or I had this injury or I'm struggling with depression or whatever it is. We kind of get in this victim mode of like, oh, my gosh, I'm being I'm being attacked in my life. But you just mentioned that you had these opportunities to make choices, that you had an opportunity to make the best of the circumstance. So I guess with kind of what you've gone through, as well as kind of like advice for people that are listening, what would you say to the people listening as far as how can we look for the positive in a situation? How can we choose to take control instead of being controlled?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, a hard question. It's probably got like a hundred answers, but, right. um, but thinking about it, at least, you know, two that I that have come to mind lately as I pondered, ponder this would be um, gratitude. Uh, just, just focusing consciously on gratitude. Um, I remember I had a, one of my favorite roommate situations ever was actually, it was like my brother, his best friend and a cousin. So we're all close, but we had a a routine every night at our apartment where we would have our thankfuls. um, And which is when everyone just goes around and says what they were, they were thankful for that day. Um, And you know, stupid could be, you know, you don't like every time you don't say my family, you know, or whatever, but like, there's one guy, I remember one roommate, he's like, I'm thankful for trucks. We're like, Bryce, you don't have a truck. He's like, well, I think they're cool. I'm going to have one someday. I'm thankful for trucks. And you're like, okay, well, that's, it's thankful, you know, whatever you want to be thankful for. Um, And I think just consciously having like a set time like that for us to take a moment to think about gratitude um, and think about, it just made it so throughout the rest of your week, you would notice um, it just come more innately to you to be grateful for things rather than um, just assuming that you were in, you know entitled to everything um so yeah just find you know and there's a hundred different do it you know write 50 gratefuls do three things a day right you know people have like a 100 exercises like this of just consciously being grateful and i just i just encourage those i I think they they really do make a difference and make a pattern of showing gratitude and as you make a pattern of that you just you're just happier Um, the second thing though would be just focusing on things you can control Um, because you know me being in a wheelchair and being optimistic about it it's not like me being like oh well i'm just going to completely ignore it you know mm. like if if i drop something on the floor I, I still really can't pick it up without like turning it into a full wheelchair adventure or getting some some you know crazy contraption that will help me pick it up but usually there's someone nearby enough that i can just hey can you pick that up i love being out in public and because i'd be like hey i know you must get this all the time but can you pick me help me pick this up off the floor in my van you know and people are like, oh yeah, if I had a quarter for every time someone asked me. Um, but you know, people are always happy to help, and so it's not that you just ignore what is. You know, being optimistic doesn't mean that you're ignoring that there are challenges and there are limitations and that things did happen. But as you focus on things you can control, um, you you find you know where you can actually make a difference, and you can you can recognize that you're growing, and you know move towards, you know, feeling like you're making a difference and. I, I heard about someone recently that is just so stressed out that the water table is low in Utah, where we live. And it's like, okay, but what are you going to do about that? Like, what is the point of stressing about that? And so, um, so you just, I, I can acknowledge, oh, the water table is low. I hope it rains, but I don't have to dwell on that, you know, if I can help it. And I choose to focus on things where I can make a difference. So oh, I can find, you know, a, a, a car repair shop to fix my car that broke down rather than just being like, ah, oh, dang it my car broke down and life sucks. You know, it's more like, Oh, I'm grateful for my car that lets me drive places without, without assistance. And I can focus on finding a way to get it back in working order, you know?
0: Right. And, and kind of with that, you you mentioned some examples and I don't know if you have any more, but I figured I'd ask anyway, but between the two things, so between gratitude and then taking control over what you have control, is there any practices that you use pretty frequently to, to focus on gratitude and to focus on the control?
1: Um, we do, we do often do gratefuls. Um, like I still, I still maintain that tradition for a long time. It's, it's died out a little bit lately because, so as I mentioned, I don't like my wife to be my caregiver. And so we have people in the neighborhood come help put me in bed at night, which is one of the things I still need help with. And we would always ask them what their gratefuls are too, um, which is great. And there's a whole, I could give a whole spiel on letting people serve you as a blessing to them and to you. Um, we've been able to connect with our neighbors so fast by letting them into our homes and letting them serve us. Um, but that was a great time where we asked about, you know, their or they're great or they're gratefuls as well, and we learned about them, and they learned about us. and We connect is great. Um, it's great false. Uh But yeah, I, I think for me, it's just when I find that I'm dwelling on something negative. I I kind of have a default, you know, built in. Um, like I know one one thought pattern they talk about that really tears. You can recognize as a red flag is when you're thinking in absolutes. You're like, oh, that person, they always let me down or this always happens to me and everything sucks. And when you start using absolutes like that, for me, it's just enough times I've, I've recognized that enough times to be like, oh, that's like over-exaggerating, that's not true. Like they don't always let me down. Um, and then I kind of take a minute to like ground and think about like, am I hangry? Am I tired? Like, what is it? I'm gonna go take a break, you know? And I play video games or something. That's my, you know, one way I like to cool down. And so recognizing thought patterns, but it's kind of, you know, just practice recognizing thought patterns you have yourself that are take you down and then choosing to do something about it, which isn't just choosing not to believe it for me, it's usually distracting myself or fixing some other simple need like hunger or sleep or taking a break. So,
0: right. Wow. And I, I love, I feel like there's been three messages that you've shared with us, which is first there's gratitude that we need to, we just need to be grateful for what we have. The second thing that you've mentioned is taking control over what we have control over. But then I love that kind of like the third kind of maybe underlying thing is involving people in your life, letting people help you, but also like creating connections with other people, which kind of leads me into one of my last questions that I want to ask. And I'm totally going to throw her on the spot but Tess, you're married to the most positive man, I think, in the whole world. Is there anything that you kind of want to add or kind of talk about as far as what he's already said?
2: He was actually going to ask me to share some gratefuls if you asked for more. That's what he was whispering about here.
0: Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Yeah. So sometimes he makes me speak at his speaking things and share some of the things. Um, I have a different perspective on all these things because, well, I'm writing a, a book about it we'll see if it actually Ask happens. Her what it's called
0: what, what's your book called
2: my husband is lame
0: your husband is lame
2: yes it's hey. a fact So <laughs> how the words work anyway but i spent we dated for like two years and um the first almost solid two years of that i was focusing on all of the negative things that came along with the wheelchair and what we wouldn't be able to do and how this did not look like what I thought my future marriage would turn out like. Um, I was really big into hiking and dancing and things. And so the idea of having a companion that I couldn't share some of my favorite things with was kind of depressing. Um, And I've I've learned a lot by being married to Corby about being more grateful and being more positive and focusing on the positive aspects rather than only focusing on the negative aspects. And so I have a list of wheelchair gratefuls that I share. Um, Like we will always have the biggest shower because we have to, like we had to rip out our bathtub and I'm pretty sure our shower is 40 square feet.
1: Oh my gosh. I've got this big PVC pipe chair basically that I shower in. it's got to fit. And I
2: love taking showers. And so having a really big fancy shower is super cool um, I can always ride on Corby's chair. Uh, I stand on the back two wheels. There's the little anti-tipper wheels and I'll stand on the back. And so we'll drive around the neighborhood and sometimes I'll walk and then we'll go as far as we want. And then I'll climb on his lap and we'll drive home. And it's super romantic. You can like,
1: snuggle while driving.
2: Snuggling under the stars. It's a nice summer evening. It's pretty sweet. Um, we can look forward to everything because we have never kissed standing up and we've never hugged standing up and we've never been on a date standing up and Corby has never made me like a meal. And so post-injury, like we have a bucket list of stuff that we wanna do that we get to look forward to that no one else can look forward to because we get to do everything again for the first time standing up. Um, There are some things that are just funny Like, I don't actually know if Corby is a tidy person because he can't, like, reach anything. And that's actually a huge perk. I love putting stuff down and knowing that my husband won't move it. Like, it's actually a huge wheelchair perk now. Um, But yeah, I've asked before, like, do you actually know if you're a tidy person anymore? And he's like, yeah, I have no idea if I would naturally put my socks in the hamper or if I'd have to work on it because he's never had to do any of that.
1: I've had like 15, the <laughs> 16, almost 17 years of like, I didn't really have the option of picking up anything off the floor. So I don't know if like, I, uh, you know, if I was healed tomorrow that I'd be like, oh yeah, now I actually have the option of just leaving this here on the floor. You know, I keep being tidy, you know, like I, I can't honestly say for sure that I know my, you know, I know exactly what I'd be like, you know, so right. I'd like to think I'd be more responsible, but high school I me mean, it was only you know medium tidy at best so
2: yeah um basically at this point I Corby gets me mad when I say this if someone offered to heal Corby right now I don't know if I would say yes because I love the life that we have now and over the last five almost five years of being married and seven years of dating him And just the older i get and the more people i talk to i realize that everybody has a thing like everyone has something that's not ideal about their life or their personality um people struggle with depression and anxiety and people struggle with um addictions and some people have been married before and some people have been abused and some people have children from a previous marriage some people just have really high maintenance in-laws um you might have anger management issues, right? Everybody has a thing. So no matter who I would have married, I would have had to deal with something. And Corby's happens to be really invisible, but it also happens to be something that's pretty easily managed. Like we spend a lot of money on a wheelchair van and he can drive. And we spend money renovating our shower and that fixes a problem. And we just modify our house so that he can be independent but we wouldn't be able to do any of those things if he struggled with depression, like do you get what I'm saying? So everyone has got something and on, on my personal scale, I feel like dealing with a wheelchair is pretty easy now that I'm used, now that I'm used to it.
0: So then I don't want to go too much off of a tangent, but I just feel so impressed to ask this question for those people that are listening that are in dating or are looking to get married what are some things that you would advise them to do as far as accepting a person and seeing their strengths instead of like focusing on the weaknesses?
2: Why is that on
1: me? That's on you. Why is that on me? <laughs> I wanted
0: to you know, marry, I didn't marry Mary
1: from the start, but I was ready to date when we, we've early met. So I think you had to have a journey in regard
0: to that question more than I
1: did. So
2: yeah, I'm writing a book about it, right?
0: <laughs> right. It was, it was directed to you. I mean, no offense, Corby, but. I, I did want to get your take on it. I
1: love my wife. She's very intelligent.
2: I mean, part of it's just Corby was persistent and hung around <laughs> long enough to insist. Like he would call me, I think for the first six months we were dating after our second date, I never wanted to see him again. Um, I had to help him empty his pee bag for the first time at, outside of a texas roadhouse yeah
1: which i can do independently now by the way we have
2: found the solution to that problem (laughs) at this point but when i met him he had to have someone empty that and that just threw me like having to empty someone's pee bag in the parking lot and then go in and eat with this person and then realizing they couldn't get in my parents house was like this huge curveball and i was i was not on board right and i Yeah. I tried to avoid him for like months after that. And he called me every night for six months and made me talk to him on the phone, which is not an approach that would work with everybody, but he was competent enough to be like, no, I have good characteristics too. You need to stop looking at the negative. And at some point he broke up with me, even though we weren't technically dating and his absence helped me see all the things that I had missed about him. Um, And I spent a long time um, kind of analyzing what I had been expecting and almost having a funeral for the person I thought I would marry, even though that person didn't exist and being mad about it and allowing myself to be mad about it. And then I was able to move on. That's a whole other thing about how much dreams impact the way that you behave. Um, But Yeah.
1: yeah, I like you just talked about it before we've got this bunch right but um just being willing we don't want to be like hey your dreams are stupid you should kill them you know you can never predict your life so don't try to predict anything we're not like saying that but the life everyone knows that life doesn't turn out exactly as you expect right and i think it's it's okay when life throws you a curveball to be like uh this wasn't my favorite curveball and to recognize that and to feel that for a moment um but then it's also you know you should do that and then because you might be missing out on something better and really i believe you know with the lord's plans for us that that it will be something that's better um if you're willing to to open up and and go for it i got
2: something better (laughs) oh
0: well just (laughs) like you were saying just focusing on what you can control and like if you're Mm -hmm. always like focusing on the future then you're not necessarily in control of what you're doing right now right
2: so yeah. yeah so for sure still have dreams and have plans but don't be so set on them that you can't see what you do have and be really realistic about it. You know, like I make a lot of pros and cons list. That's just how I think, you know, this would be nice. It's a nice option to have, but is it really more important than what I have now?
0: Right. So then with that, and this can, this can go out to both of you, you guys can have a team answer if you want, but something that I love doing on my podcast is I love giving the listeners a commitment Something that they can do either today or tomorrow and just like start on right away to making their lives better. With that being said, what commitment would you give to the people that are listening?
1: Uh, the first one that comes to mind to me would be like, you know, identify something in your life that's really bothering you right now and, and give, a, give an honest look about like, is it something that you, you can do something about or is it something you can't do some, something about? And if it's something you can do something about, just identify just the next step and then like, let it go. Like, I mean, for me, it's kind of stuff like people, you have like a medical problem you will be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How am I gonna live with this for the rest of my life or whatever, and people get all stressed out about that. And it's like, well, I don't even know, I think I should talk to a doctor about it. And so the first thing I need to do is set up a doctor's appointment, you know, and you call and you set up a doctor's appointment for like two weeks out and that's the next step. And then just, just let it go from there. Like go live your life in the meantime, You've already decided the the next thing you can do about it. You don't have to stress about what the rest of your life's going to be like, you know, just uh, you'll talk to the doctor in two weeks, just kind of. And so for me, I like that's a focusing on things you can control, identifying the next step. I think is just a lot easier for me. I mean, it doesn't just instantly go away. Right. Especially the more anxiety prone you might be, it's like hard to just choose not to think about it, but like, give yourself permission to be like, well, there's nothing to be done um and so that would be my thing you know identify something that, that you can control or you can make a difference at least control is a pretty strong word right but mm-hmm. um and then just identify the next step and then allow yourself to be happy independent of that so
0: yeah
2: we're set a time gratefuls
1: yeah gratefuls would be the other one pick one of those you know write write down three three uh words that you're grateful for every night or you ask your family everyone to share a grateful at night or you know, pick, pick one of those just exercises, something that you can do for, you know, a month, just, just be, be grateful every day. That'd be another, but
2: find someone to help you hold you accountable.
1: I think any goal is yeah. a lot easier. Like if you have someone hold you accountable,
2: find a friend and you have to text each other grateful every day. Cause then you'll actively start looking for new things that you can text them. So you're not saying the same thing every day.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And so, cause me, I first did it with roommates, right? You know, mm-hmm. people might be like, Oh, this is weird.
2: And I remember oh, right. when we were dating, I, he called me, right. And so he'd include me in the gratefuls on speakerphone. And I started looking for like things during the day. So I could, I had something, I was ready. So I had something to be ready to say on the nightly phone call. Cause I knew it was going to come. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's awesome. That
1: made it made her think about gratitude during it the did. day. Right. It so.
0: did. Right. Which is another positive. I It's just, that's amazing. Yeah. So I guess before we end things off here, is just this. Anything else that either of you would like to add?
1: Uh, not, not great advice, but I want to go back to the, the dating story. I like to think I did call her like every night, right? <laughs> I was super persistent and it was, it was a unique circumstance. I just kind of felt impressed to have that much patience. I, I was talking about that. I feel like I had God given patience with it because if anyone else had told me like, hey, uh, I've been calling this girl every night and she consistently tells me that she doesn't want a date i'd be like dude move on like Uh just like she said straight up that she's not she doesn't want to date because tess would tell me that she's like you should you should not you should go date other people i'm like "Mm, nah (laughs) and i feel like it was you know inspired in that circumstance and i i went on a date on an average once a week for like my entire life not my entire life for like my entire um like 20s and we didn't get married until engaged until i was 29. so i've been on a lot of dates there were a lot of opportunities for me to have also been this um you know and it could be creepy in other circumstances but so it just uh it, it felt right in this circumstance and so and i guess that's another you know be open to it not being like you expect and so
2: yeah not being a fairy tale
1: but i, I really did feel divine patience in dating tests to, to keep calling i'm so sorry <laughs> and we're so happy now by
2: the way it's, but yeah, marriage that's is my why favorite thing quick, long thing Right. Yeah. there was a lot of stuff that happened in the last
1: two years <laughs> so you'll be open to things being different than you
2: expect and be for open, yourself and others and be open to accepting people's challenges because everyone has one, at least one if not more for Sure. you're never going to find someone that is challenge free
1: <laughs> they're
2: lying to you yeah. but you don't consider it a challenge right it's an adventure Right. Yeah. everyone comes with an adventure
0: <laughs> wow that needs to be put on a quote and like yeah, on people's walls. Yeah, you want to needle walls. point that on a pillow? She can needle point. She's <laughs> got it tons is. of
1: crafty skills. She has an army of crochet ladies. Anyway,
0: <laughs> well, I just want to thank you guys so much for spending your time. I don't think I've smiled for a half an hour straight ever. And just like your love story, and then Corby, your positivity, and Tess, your thoughts about just growing and improving. Seriously, thank you guys so 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 much for being on the episode. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Not a problem. And I just want to say too, for anybody that's listening, I want to thank you for tuning into the self-design show. Like we've mentioned, the show is all about becoming the best version of yourself. And we're lucky to have guests like these. So if you have anybody that you know, that needs a little bit more positivity or just looking to grow their life, please send them this way. With that being said, thank you so much again, guys. Until next time.